Welcome to Film Shapes, the podcast. Are you the the first? The first one? Visitor? I've always been visited. Nothing you have seen or heard about David Bowie will prepare you for the impact of his first dramatic performance in The Man Who Fell to Earth. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of You Mean You Haven't Seen? And this week, we're talking about the 1976 Nicholas Rogue film, The Man Who Fell to Earth, starring David Bowie. Uh, but first, it's hello to Rolly. Hello. And making his pod debut, it's Dave. Hi, Dave. Hello. How's it going? Well, thanks. Good, good. Now, um, Rolly, to kick off, uh, this was your recommendation. Can you uh, give us a little background about this film? Uh, look, it was just one of my favourite films uh, from back in the day. Not quite as early as 1976, but, um, yeah, it was definitely one of the films I grew up with. Loved it, and um, I thought, you really need to see it because you'd never seen it before, right? No, no, I hadn't. I It, it had been on my radar, I guess. I'd been hoping to see it one day because I like Nicholas Rogue. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can't say I liked it much. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. Sorry to say. I, well, do you think I knew this was going to happen? And um, did you? All I the, the challenge is going to be: Am I going to get out of this podcast still liking the film? Um, it was it was interesting to look at look back at it after all these years. And um, you did a I, rewatch, did I, you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I still liked the film. Actually, okay. Um, I think it's a Let- a great little piece of. Science fiction. Maybe it's a little bit long, and there is a scene. There is a silly scene of um, a guy falling out a window, which I, I tend to think uh. looks a bit silly in these seventies films. In this case, it was a dummy, not a, um, not a graphic uh, effect. This version. is this, this sort of uh. this is a bit of an echo of your um, your hatred of that scene in Point Blank a few weeks ago. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it was it was uh, a similar. I see. But this film is so. Well, I don't know. Is it? It's quite far-fetched, I guess you could say, but it's science fiction, so what are you going to do? Science but in the context mm. of the world today, I, th- I think the idea still works. Okay. D- Dave, you hadn't seen this before either, right? No, I hadn't. Uh, no. What did you think? Uh, I, w- I, w- I don't know if I, I liked it or disliked it. I certainly you know, enjoyed the experience of watching it. Um, it didn't have a narrative thread to really grab your attention. It was more sort of like watching a two-hour music video, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, Experimental filmmaking, getting a run in feature films was probably a bit of a 70s thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, until the, the, I guess, the Spielbergs. Yeah, yeah, known for like clever editing and, uh, yeah, the... It, it's not like an action movie that you expect from science fiction, is it? Uh, no, it, it's pretty. I mean, it's thought provoking, I suppose, and maybe too too much. Sure. Did, did it blow your mind, Shady? No. Um, I'll, look, I'll be I'll be honest. I got more questions than than answers from from right. this film. Well, this is good, maybe because um, I've look, seen it a few I times. Was, okay, yeah, that's why I need you to help me with this. Um, firstly, I, I think it was way too long um and i think it was pretty happy with itself like maybe what like dave said it, it seemed like a bit music video at some points and there was there was no need for some of that 
Um, that it started did. pretty well. Did like the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack I'm not... quite badly. Yeah, okay. I was asking Rolly off air before. What what's the deal with not much Bowie at all in the soundtrack, even though he's well, in it? Well, I think Bowie was mm. originally planned to uh, do the music for the film, uh, but mm. he oh. he ran out of time and and um, I think uh, it was passed on to the other guy who's I've got it in front of me somewhere here John Phillips Stomu Yamashita Yamashita um, okay so he was originally going to do the music but basically I'm, I'm actually glad he didn't do the music I I really liked the um, the sonic backdrop of this film for the most part mm. some of okay. it some of it um, yeah look I think it's a film of its era as well of, of course yeah um, mm. I thought it looked fantastic, though. It, it was beautiful to look at, and the colour schemes and uh, the costumes and the sets, and uh, it was really, really lovely. But, yeah, I didn't get that from the soundtrack, really. It felt like it was a bit slapdash, like it didn't quite match the aesthetic qualities of the, of the appearance of the film. I think when, when it got a bit rock and rolly there, when the girl came back to to kind of visit him in the compound there and there's there's that oh, weird sexy gosh. scene and you know that that's probably the point where I yeah I would agree with you there that it was a bit music video and it got kind of it was just silly I mean I think that was just there so you could see Bowie's penis really <laughs> Did you catch that? Yeah, I think it no, did, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, there's yeah. um you don't see penises in Where else? Uh, yeah. Feature films very often anymore, do you? There was another one. There was another penis in the film too. I think, yeah, Rip Torn got his out as well. They were not yeah. shy, not shy, not a shy film at all. In no, that, in no, that no sense. the sex scenes are quite bold, aren't they? That was that was some of the better um, element of the yeah. film. I got a, I got a feeling. Um, in Don't Look Now, um, I think Donald Sutherland got his cock out as well in that film, didn't he? Maybe it's a it's a Nicholas Rogue or a seventies kind of thing. Yeah, I think both. Yeah, I was going to say it's very seventies attitude to to sex. But mm. yeah. Way more interesting than the average sex scene in a feature film. Though. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he does that well. With the, 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 when, uh, when he was a university lecturer and ha- having the same sex with about you know with a number of different eighteen year olds and right, right, yeah, together, yeah. you know, if you hadn't been paying attention, you wouldn't have realised that there was a different woman <laughs> right right he's he's good at that intercut i mean that scene with julie christie and donald sutherland in don't look now is a famous um intercut sex scene where they're sort of dressing for the 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 event after while it's cut into their sex scene as well so yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but i do but, like but, the uh sorry i do like on, the uh just the whole idea of this film uh being in a in a modern context it's kind of like imagining someone like elon musk was actually an alien, <laughs> you know, and I like that imaginative and, you know, and if, so if an alien does come to the planet, what, you know, what do they bring? Like he comes with the, uh, with gold rings at first, doesn't he? He's, um, he's got a bunch he, of, he sells a gold ring to get his first little <laughs> injection of funds. Well, no, he's actually, um, he's actually brought a whole bunch of gold rings from his planet. And I didn't Is pick up right? on this the first time I saw the film. So I think I've got a feeling there's a lot more to the narrative that maybe you guys missed, but because I've seen uh, it four yeah. times. So at one point he pulls them, he goes to the pawn shop, or it's not a pawn shop, mm-hmm. but um, he, he gets some money back for the rings. But for the ring, 
But then you see in a scene a little while after that, he pulls out, he's got a whole string full of gold rings. Oh. And so this is, he's brought this raw material from his own planet to get him started. And then the next thing that he has access to is some of the technology from his own planet. So he uh, goes to see a lawyer. So what, what other Fun alien work. film yeah. does he go and yeah. is the first point of contact with, you know, a legal uh, copyright <laughs> patent lawyer? The patent lawyer. <laughs> you know, so yes. I, I just love that idea. The, the yeah. patent lawyer. Yeah. Now, um, that, you've yeah. actually answered one of those questions for me, Rolly, that, that I had. Because I'd figured that he killed the old woman in the pawn shop. Oh, no. Oh, that was so. I thought, oh, he's he's got suddenly he's got a roll of twenties or hundreds or whatever sitting on the riverbank, and she offered him only twenty bucks for that ring. So, oh, he's he's killed her and taken her the money from her safe or something. No, no, no. Okay, okay, that's okay. one that wasn't. What else you got? And, and either that's me misreading it, as you suggest, or it's not explained well enough in the film. I don't think that, yeah, the, the narrative, you know, foregrounding of important plot points that we're used to is not mm. part of a film like that, is it? You know, it's quite easy to for things to slip past unless you're really paying hawk-eyed attention. Yeah. yeah. I think or it is one of those multiple films. Multiple viewings. It's yeah. A, yeah, multiple viewings does it, but also, <laughs> yeah, it's just a very, um, yeah, you really have to pay attention. I'm curious what other things were confusing for you, Shady. Oh shitloads! Let me let me let me tick them off. Okay, um, who? I'm I'm just jumping around, so it's not it's yeah, not yeah. all in order. But who was Peters? Uh oh, the black guy. Yep. I think mm. he he was some sort of he was sort of some sort of representative of the government. Almost, I thought like he was a um. Okay, he That's was like I'd an alternative figured, but... kind of CIA kind of thing or something but then he's suddenly he's running a company of some sort as well uh, uh, later yeah, on yeah corporate powers there's always it was that that sort of thing of there's always a level up above the level that you know where you think well, you know where yeah. the power structure lies but there's there's a hidden level that you're not aware of um but yeah no that's that's a fair question i would still wonder a bit on that myself yeah okay it, it was the patent lawyer himself who went out the window of the skyscraper to yeah Towards the end, wasn't it? So yeah. that's my other question. Out? There was that. Was that Peter's doing? Uh, I kind of lost track of the plot a bit at that point. Yeah, yes, me too. Or, uh, how his uh, plan to make you know enough money to transport enough water home? Yeah. No. Yeah. So <laughs> um, so yeah. he he was he was yeah killed because the other guys wanted to take over power because. Um, Newton was building this big fucking Elon Musk spaceship thing, and yeah. mm. and they just saw it as a as a waste of money, I think. But meanwhile, I think they were worried that it was going to bring the whole economy. I'm reading a bit between the lines, but it was a net. They were worried about the economic impacts internationally of, well, I think of a they project had, they, like this. So they kept didn't saying they say that that he he pushed too many inventions too quickly, so they wanted to. Yeah. To slow things down a bit or something, right? Yeah, that that's what that that was what they were saying. The public can only cope with so many new products at a time. You know, we have to slow this guy mm -hmm. down because he's moving too fast and we can't we can't actually run things yeah, the so way. Yeah, 
the powers that be intervene inevitably. So they killed Farnsworth. So he's drunk enough that uh, he won't get the job done. Well, that's the thing. What, why, did, why did they need to kill Farnsworth and his partner and not Bowie? Well, um, you, don't, you don't do away with the goose that laid the golden egg, I think. They just wanted to take control of, of his uh, potential rather than – that was the way I – Also, yeah. they – I mean, it's, oh, no. But he's, he's trapped in a room just drinking himself silly. Is he actually doing anything anyway? I mean, why well, did they need to keep him around? Well, they were – they had all the scientists there. They – thought he might have some value um, as an as an experimental kind of lab rat in the yeah. meantime. So so they kept him to kind of experimenting on him scientifically. Slicing up but nipples. But then in the end they found, you know, there's nothing really of value there for us. And yeah. They, they did something where they were trying to remove his contact lenses and that meant that he could never take, you know, that, that caused them to get stuck. Yeah, yeah, the... um. Yeah, which never really paid off anyway. I mean, what's the yeah? I'd have bound, bound him to to a sort of human identity in some way. Yeah. That now you now you're stuck with us for good. I think it's a series mm. of of disappointments, isn't it? Through the through the film, in one way or another. But but the overall context is still interesting. In the you know his home planet being one that's you know through global warming. Whatever it may be is basically a, a desert planet now. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. kind of there's an interesting so subtext he, there. He he ultimately wanted to bring water back to his planet. Is that what we're to believe? I think he wanted to reunite with his family on, and potentially some kind of rescue, rescue mission. No. Yeah. Yeah, but if he if he wanted to reunite with his family, why did he even come to Earth in the first place? Well, I think he was trying to solve spaceship water, or was that? Mm. Water, we should be able to answer the question if we've, if we've uh, understood the film. <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah. Well, my my theory on that is he's he's got a plan to solve the problems on his own planet, but it does involve, yeah, water and and the rest of it. But maybe aspects of that technology aren't even shown in the film. I'm not sure. Yeah, and, and he's thwarted with his attempts anyway. Yeah, but um, again, it took a long time. It seemed like there was a a long time for him to, from the beginning where he landed, until like people were getting old. I could see grey hairs coming in and out of the film. Mm. He, he'd been there, let's say, ten, fifteen years or so. Did, did it? Well, yeah, did it, right. Seemed, seemed like it didn't need that long, but. Well, what do you mean it didn't need that long? I think. Even... Well, if if he's got all the all this um, tech in his brain and in his spaceship or whatever with him, couldn't he have fast tracked that a little, become the richest person in the world, and then well, no, then I got think, off. I think he did that. That was the whole point. So just when the when he was getting ready to launch, and and yeah. he became public, and suddenly the public kind of knew who he was, and and it was all in the, you know, in everyone knew about it. That was when they hit Farnsworth and threw him out the window and, yeah. and okay. took him and they, prisoner. They so so they acted at, I mean, right at that point where he was about to take off. What was the line earlier on in the film from Bowie? It was one of his most believable lines, something about privacy. Um, my, life's not, no, my, my life's not a secret, but it is private. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't. Yeah. Point about that from a celebrity who obviously struggles with privacy issues. Yeah. 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 That's true. I think he was. On that, what do you think about Bowie as an actor? You know, uh, I understand that Rogue cast Art Garfunkel in one of his later movies. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Bad timing. Bad timing. Yeah. Mm. I I think Mm. Bowie's perfectly suited to this film. Yeah. Kind of. Not because he. Fantastic actor, I don't think, but because he was playing someone mildly inhuman and sort of almost robotic, and his limited acting range yeah. enabled him to do that quite quite well. Yeah, I mean, it's, I a, it's a little maybe little. Rogue, you know? Maybe it's a, a little like the old Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Like he suits that film because you know, yeah, I mean, he doesn't need he doesn't know what's going on and he's just wandering yeah. around as a. What's happening <laughs> here? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe a little like that. Yeah, I, I think I don't think Bowie's much of an actor, to be fair. But yeah, you're right; he fits this fairly well. And mm. actually, putting some pretty ropey actors around him probably helped. Like that woman who played Mary Lou, Candy Clark. She mm. was fucking yeah. awful, man. She was terrible. <laughs> I think Bowie. I don't think there's a slur against Bowie either. You know, like it, it's not it's not something that you can just wander into and expect to have finely crafted. Uh, skills at you know yeah, true I know yeah a crossover but people sort of uh, often miss the amount of craft and technique that actors possess i think yeah. bowie was quoted somewhere as well as saying uh he yeah he really didn't get on with that actor in from the film as well <laughs> okay um right uh, yeah, or she was just really annoying, or something. Probably just as she was in the film. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know that. Yeah, I think this particular character suit, suits David Bowie to a T. And mm. um, oh, it's, it's a clever bit of casting by Mr. Rogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see why. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say that nobody else could have done this in a convincing role. That was one one thing that struck me about seeing the film again. Whereas in the past I'd kind of appreciated it, you know, more for for the David Bowie aspect and just having a laugh looking at Bowie acting and, but um. but this time it was more like yeah I actually did see more, more of the uh, I picked up more of the narrative of the film than previously which was, yeah, more than I did probably, mm. uh, <laughs> that's a change. Uh, look, a, a couple more questions, Rolly. Just help me here. Mm. Who who were those old timey folk in the countryside that could see his car and then it disappeared? What the hell was going on here? Oh gosh, yes, yeah, yeah. It, that that was pretty trippy. So <clears throat> I think all that's going on there is he's he's kind of connected to to the past, so he can actually see. You know, he can see what's going on. But there was there was another connection there as well. What was it? Ah, oh, it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, lost on me. Effects on the banjo as well. Did he have like a phaser or a flanger or something <laughs> on the banjo track? And it was a bit okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like I think it was like he'd gone back to the past, but not only could he see them, but they could see him at the same time. Yeah, they Did were you co- come that? out, come out, have a look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I felt odd. that that was quite a. It was a little just just a bit of a take on that. The whole interconnectedness of time of the time space continuum idea there that yeah yeah this was always yeah. you know the visitors have always been coming and he's always okay yeah this he's just playing out 
the way things need to happen. So, there was so a lot about it. Where he sort of said, we, we've found evidence of, you know, others coming to our planet. Have you not noticed the ones here on yours? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, that, that I think the, the problem... Sort of is, it, is it not? You know? Yeah. Though, that, though, it, there's a lot of things that are brushed upon and not really focused on in this film, but then you don't want it to be yeah. three hours, I suppose, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one more question. Who at the beginning, when he's walking down that sort of um, hill after he's crash landed in the water, uh, there's a dude in a suit watching him walk down. Who the fuck's that? Oh, yeah. One of one of the powers of be. Somebody from. Yeah. No, yeah, I'd maybe. forgotten about that actually. Hmm. Yeah, I, was... I remember. So... Yeah. I Again, would... no payoffs set up, but no payoff as far as I'm concerned there. Yeah. I think that has to do with the same crew that threw, threw Farnsworth out the window, doesn't it? I, I would have thought so. Right. I get okay, what you're means... saying about you know, the un, unfinished threads hanging off the thing all over the place. Yes, yeah. yeah. In the and that indicates... It was like his sort of difficult second album, was it not, as a director, that he had a... a a successful film prior, which enabled him to then do whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, maybe, yeah. At the point at which people sort of overindulge themselves and try everything and, and lose a bit of discipline. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, that if they were the, the guys that threw Farnsworth out the window, then they were, uh, they had some knowledge of, of him immediately as soon as he landed. Which seems odd that they take so long to get into the film. I don't know. It's, well, you get the sense yeah. that they're aware of um, of the other people that have come before from other planets or from the planet. Or you yeah, know, there is a I don't know, but I, I kind of like that idea in a, in any sort of film or or piece of art where you feel that there's a deeper level of stuff going on than you're actually seeing. You know, that's part uh -huh. of the world building when you when you get that. Yeah. I think we're very mm. used to being sort of satisfied, instant sort of gratification through narrative. You know? I, I, I'm with you, Riley. I don't mind there being some lingering mystery and ambiguity about something because uh, being gratified <laughs> like snap, it doesn't necessarily yield the most satisfying kind of result in the end. No, no but I, I'm, I'm with you there too. But imagine having to sit through this, <laughs> more than once to get everything. I mean, there's a sorry, Rolly. I know you like it, but there's a lot of shit to get through to actually understand more of the film. Well, yeah, but to be honest, I feel like that about a lot of films. Really? Yeah. yeah okay. I don't want to. I don't. There's very few films I want to see more than once. So I take the point. Um, but yeah, it, it's a mm. tricky balance. You kind of open yeah. Pandora's box a bit, I think, when you forego linear narrative and uh, start to experiment with you know time going back and forth. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, to, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Fantastic. I think about um, Pulp Fiction. You know, apparently Tarantino didn't decide to mess up the the narrative line through that until he was editing it afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. It's, that's a, a uh, great success, I think, the mucking around with, with the time sequence in that film. So, but, can but, you in those, it, but then the, something like Pulp Fiction or, or um, uh, Nolan, Dunkirk or some, some films that fuck around with the timeline, uh, mm. that, that can be interesting to watch and just watch it once, that's enough. 
or you want to delve into it a bit deeper, you can watch it again. I'd go back to those films three or four times before I watch this one again. That's the thing. I don't think it succeeded in initial uh, attraction. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I, I think maybe that's part of... I think maybe if there was a soccer match in this one, Shady, you may be, you may be swayed a little bit. I'm going to bring that up every episode we do. You think if there was, I don't know, if there you was, know Salt Lake City versus Denver, whatever, I'd probably be if, more happy with it. If part of his portfolio had been a soccer team, and there was a little bit. Yep. There was a bit of a, a shot with some guys in a, in a match in a, a stadium. Mm. Maybe you think I'm that shallow, Rob? You think I'm that cast, shallow? Cast alone as a goalkeeper. No, but I can't disagree with you there. Probably, I guess. Actually. I guess I'm just of. I I think you know in terms of interests. You know, I mm. I love this stuff. I love seeing what Elon Musk's new invention is going to be. You know, I'll I'll read those blogs. I like this style of imagining about the future and how we might behave in in this type of uh, situation where when alien life might come to the planet. You know, I like imagining mm. those things. Whereas I'm guessing you don't really think about that sort of stuff on a daily basis, and uh, in the same way as I do, maybe. Um, I look. I, I think I that was yes, I do. But that's secondary to to actually seeing a satisfying narrative. I think. Okay. So and I was. I just thought there was there was too much junk. You know, I just thought it was too flabby. This film, things that started and didn't finish, and and you know, questions all over the place that were, that remained unanswered, pretty much. So, yeah, I did. I thought it was a. A rogue failure, sadly. Fair enough. I don't think it was a failure. I would, I would agree with some of that though. That it, yeah, it does it does stretch out a bit longer probably than it needs to. I think some of those uh, loose ends though, if you were to watch it again, and maybe maybe we should do an edit. You know, maybe I should do an, a YouTube edit <laughs> of this or something, yeah. and uh, we could actually watch the film again. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to edit out um, the character of Mary Lou completely, and that'd look pretty weird though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- have you seen a film called uh, Brother from Another Planet, a John Sayles film from 84? No. This that that's a similar thing. There's a guy who lands on Earth and he's actually mute. He he doesn't have any dialogue in it, but people around him um you know kind of uh you know communicate with him in different ways and uh, that's similar to this, but I think if I remember rightly, it was a bit easier to watch. Um, yeah, it, that, that's a, a, quite a similar film. Yeah, check that out if you get a get a chance. If you like your sci-fi and your your aliens from elsewhere. Yeah, I, yeah. Look, I like. Um, yeah, I like this style. This style, that style of sci-fi in a way, but it's also maybe it's a bit of a, a kind of retro fascination I have with this film as well. Um, Mm, yeah, it's sure. Just seen from the past, isn't it? At this point, that's part of the interest. That what, what futurism felt like in the seventies, mm, yeah. To now, what what would, be, would a modern analog of, of that film be? You know, Rolly, is there are there filmmakers now who engage your interest in the same way about the speculations about the future? Or do well, you think that sci-fi has just become bank crash wallet sort of action? Actually, movie stuff. It's it's probably not an ob- obvious one, but 
while we've been speaking about this, I've, I've also been thinking about that film Arrival in this context. Oh, well, I was just about to mention that. Yeah. 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 Um, that's quite close to me. And, and, you know, that's a similar in the, in the sense that it, yeah, I didn't really understand it all. Definitely on the first watch. Um, I've only seen yeah. it once, but it, I, I have had the sense that it, to go back and watch it again a lot more would be explained. Mm. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great film. Yeah, another movie that um, this made me think of a bit was um, Tarkovsky film Solaris. Oh, yeah. And if we're talking about sort of um, cinema beyond action cinema, um, Tarkovsky was up, upheld as a sort of icon of uh, um, experimental filmmaking and a, a different approach to narrative. Lots of long takes and film that you kind of have to bathe in rather than get dragged along on a wild ride by, you know, it moves quite slowly. Mm. Um, it's not going to deliver you satisfaction uh, with a repeated series of action sequences. It's just mm. the, the takes are very long uh, and you sort of immerse yourself in the world of the film rather than uh, get on a, on a roller coaster. Was that remade? It was. Yes. A little while back with... Um... Clooney. Clooney. George yeah. Clooney. Yeah. Um, yeah, no comment. But it's worth watching the Tarkovsky original for sure. Okay. If you haven't seen it. If you like sort of the 70s sci-fi and Russian 70s sci-fi even, mm. check it out. Yeah. Great. There's, um, I just remembered a film that's really hard going called Hard to Be a God. Has anyone seen this? No. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's from 2013, a, a Russian science fiction, again, by a guy called Alexi German, but wow, it's it's very long too, if I remember. Yeah, 177 minutes according Ooh. to Wiki. Yeah, um, that style, it always yields a long film because you don't have. Yeah. Oh, it's it, this is this is all filth, mud, but it's supposed to be science fiction. But there's there's not the usual science fiction stuff. Like this guy is apparently uh, landed on a another planet, and they they consider him a god now, but he's ruling like a, a kind of old. Fiefdom Lord, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's nuts. It's, um, Sounds like fun. Yeah, oh, it, fun it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> For some yeah. reason, with this film, the the scene that keeps playing back in my head at the moment is the um, is the cookie tray, which is just a laughable, oh. a laughable <laughs> scene. But the slow motion, <laughs> and it, well, you know, he's really playing the the battered husband there, isn't he? It, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, that, 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 my petulant frenzy. <laughs> that's where I, that's where I realised. Oh, Bowie's not really acting here. Here is he? He's not much of an actor. <laughs> yeah. No, I need it out of my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were some funny moments. moments. You have to open your mouth. Your voice is the real betrayer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The other um, thing that really. The clunkiest thing for me was I know the um, the body falling from the window is one thing, but then the barbell that came afterwards. Yes, oh, right. the, yeah. the barbell that floated to earth and the like infl- was made, made of foam. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. I was picturing an inflatable barbell, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Did they not look at that? Yeah. Then you know it's sort of. We got it. We can't. Yeah. How does that make the cut? That's too. <laughs> Like the, the, there was a little humour in that where they tried to toss him out the window and it just cracked. It didn't go through and he apologised. Oh, sorry about that. Don't worry about it, mate. It's all right. We'll get it on this one. 
Yeah. Um, that, that dude, by the way, that, that guy who played Farnsworth is Buck Henry, who mm. created, what's it called? Uh, Get Smart. Oh, really? The, the, the TV oh. show, yeah. Oh, and yeah. the, the joke glasses as well, because his glasses came off from time to time. And were they a prop? He, he seemed to exist quite happily without them. And then he, yeah, was there not a smart with glasses on that level? Or am I that thinking was weird. Something? Yeah, I think there's probably someone in Get Smart with those kind of comic comedy glasses. Yeah, weird though. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and Rip, Rip Torn, of course, is um, the uh, the titles that it had been Rip Torn. Um, yeah, I was paying attention, but obviously not to quite everything. Yeah, no, he looked. Yeah, I'd never seen him so young. That actor. So. Yeah, and so um, Rolly, th- oh, thanks okay. for recommending this. Um, I mean that because I didn't like it, but it's certainly an eye opener and something to talk about. Yeah, I think it's one to see um, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Uh, Dave, thanks very much for joining us today. My pleasure. All right, cheers, guys. We'll we'll see you again some other time. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye. The man who fell to earth is a powerful love story, a cosmic mystery, a spectacular fantasy, a shocking, mind-stretching experience in sight, in space, and sex.